What is up for Reelers? Woo! This is Tyler. And Greg. And we are coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles. Apologize in advance, there is a little bit of construction outside. Hopefully that doesn't pick up too much. But if you hear a lot of racket, that's what it is. We apologize. We also apologize for the uh, week in between episodes. Schedules just did not line up. But we are back, and we got a great show for you. That's right, that's right. I enjoyed my little vacay. How about you, Ty? It was good. Yeah. It was good. But you know that we enjoy coming to you guys every week. And there was something missing. There was something missing. Me and Tyler ended up watching football all weekend. Oh, yeah. You had a uh, big Sunday. I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> At least I beat you in fantasy. That's correct. He did beat me in the fantasy league that we're in. But, guys, we're coming to you. And, and you know, when it comes to, to life, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And going into our next segment, which is oh, our man. hits and whiffs. <laughs> We've been laughing at this for a while, even oh, before uh, the show, so we apologize. It Chapter 2, Woo! Box Office Pro had it at a range of 100 to 140. Mm-hmm. Kind of played the uh, game of chicken there. I the, know. I ended up going 145. It's a big swing, and I went at 130. Now, It Chapter 2... <laughs> Let's just say it did not do as expected. Thought. Correct. It, it didn't do. A, it didn't do what we thought. It chapter two came in at ninety-one million. Ninety-one. Still the second biggest uh, September opening, behind it chapter one. Mm-hmm. I guess to continue a little bit with our episode last week is, is this, a win or a loss for the studio? I, I could see it as a win. I mean, both of their movies doing close. Well, one over. You know, a hundred, one just under a hundred million. I I don't see that. I don't see it as a big loss. They I don't think that they had anything else coming out for the some for the September. And, oh, uh, they do. They they have more. There's more. Yeah, they but, they have one of our new releases this week. Ooh, Greg's learning something a little bit new with you guys. <laughs> I'm sure that we're gonna get to that because this week, oh. Well, we'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Did, you, did 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 the light bulb yeah, just go on? In my head, I was like, ah, that's uh, that's so you know. Overall, might be a loss. I, I know that they were expecting more. We were expecting more. Um, but Tyler, you saw the movie and you liked it. I liked it. Uh, it is three hours long. Mm. It didn't feel like it to me. I thought the actors were all great together playing the grown-up losers, and I, I, I had fun with it. Right. I think that the the things that I've been hearing from moviegoers is that you know you could feel the length of the movie, it feels a little bit long, but I'm I I don't have a personal opinion on this one to be very honest. Kind of like uh, Tyler with his fear of sharks, it was one of those uh, movies that I saw when I was very young, and probably shouldn't have been seeing those TV movies. Dad was always like, "Don't watch that. You're gonna get nightmares," and I did. So it is something that, that is a fear that I must overcome. And probably I might do a little side show piece to just show you me going to watch this movie and coming out traumatized. <laughs> um, but from what I've heard, it's, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit different than the, than the TV. Uh, I, King I don't think you'll come out traumatized. The movie itself is not scary. Got it. But that clown, though, I mean, yeah. forever pressed in my mind. For sure. Penny, For Pennywise sure. Is, is... Speaking of... Speaking of clowns that will soon be pressed in our heads, uh, we're going to jump into our newsreel. Newsreel! 
surprise to us, mm-hmm. Joker won the Venice Film Festival. Super surprised. Is this the first time that a superhero theme movie has won the, a festival? Oh, yeah. So that, that in itself is big news. Big shout out to, to Todd Phillips on this one and Joaquin Phoenix. But some, some interesting stuff still coming out about the, the filming and behind the scenes of the movie. Joaquin Phoenix had some interesting on-set behavior where just in the middle of takes he would walk off set and uh, return a little bit later. And he would finish the shot and would, you know, do what was required of him for the scenes, but he would just inexplicably up and leave. Jeez. Return. And he and director Todd Phillips had some quote-unquote fruitful disagreements. Um, He actually wanted Joker to gain weight and be, he wanted to gain like 50 pounds, and Todd Phillips wanted him to lose 50 pounds. He obviously ended up losing the 50 pounds and going with Todd Phillips. I guess minor spoiler alert, it's in the trailer, the newest trailer, so... Go watch the newest trailer. Apologies, but it's it's out there. I'm not breaking anything crazy. Joaquin Phoenix is actually not happy that Thomas Wayne is involved in the movie. Mm. I think he wanted it more of like a standalone film about his character and didn't want anything tied into the, the mythos. I think in his head for the movie to work... It didn't. It wasn't a superhero movie, and so including somebody that was part of the mythos and part of the the comic book lore kind of took him the, out of it and yeah. caused issues in his thespian brain. And that's that's hard for for actors who are kind of set in their mind as to what they want. And someone as talented as, as uh, Joaquin is gonna definitely be a little bit of a hindrance and throw you out of your. But he's a professional. And he obviously pulled it through. And we see that clearly with them winning the Venice Film Festival. I'm still iffy about this movie, not in terms of the performance and what it means. I am more concerned, honestly, with the guest reaction, the the audience reaction. This movie feels super dark. And to be quite honest, after hearing some of this news, I, I was a little bit concerned for Joaquin's health and safety, more or less. Because it seems like every time that we try to dive into this Joker character on screen, it's never good translating back into real life for the actors and those who are involved. Uh, that being said, these actors bring out the best in the character. So for the product, fantastic. But we are dealing with, with human beings or putting themselves at risk or their minds at risk uh, when doing these types of films. For sure. And, uh, I mean, it's hard not to kind of think of what happened with Heath Ledger. And he did win an Oscar, but at what, at what price? Cost? Yeah. yeah, at what price? So it's, I, I think it's always that, that conversation of where do you draw the line as an actor, as a human being? Where do you... Where do you say no? Where do you, even for character actors who dive into things, where do you find the line to just kind of pull back and see, like, am I hurting myself in the long run? Right. Uh, So we'll see what ends up happening with this movie. This brings us to uh, our getting real. Let's get real. Let's get real, Greg. Um, Let's get real. So last episode, in episode eight, we talked a lot about our recap. We went over... Like I said before, in life, you you have to take stock of what's going on, what's happened to you, and and how are you going to move forward. 
Well, when the new year starts or when your new step in life happens, you have to go over what, you, what you're trying to get into. This episode, we want to get into that a little bit more as to what's coming next. What's coming up for you, for you guys between now and Christmas, honestly. And yeah. for those who didn't know, Christmas is actually one of the busiest times in the theater industry and in the movie industry because that's when your Oscar noms are, are releasing. That's when a lot of people are going to watch the movies that will have an impact in terms of the Academy and that sort of stuff. There's a lot of awards that come out in January, February, March that these films that are predicated on these films releasing this later in, in the year. And to be honest, it's it's an easy way to spend time with family and not have to talk to them. Correct. Just go to a movie theater. You don't have to talk to Grandma Nelly. You sit her down and have her watch a screen for two hours. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's dive right in. And to to be perfectly honest, I'll put this out there right now. We're gonna be we're gonna be tossing films out at random. We you know just kind of what's on our mind. Tiff is winding down right now. Mm -hmm. The Venice Film Festival has already happened. Uh, Telluride is about to happen. So there's a lot of uh, advanced word and things that have come out. And uh, we've compiled a list of movies that we've kind of been keeping our eye on. Mm -hmm. And we'll just kind of start throwing out some titles and see what sticks. And also we we watched a, a bunch of these trailers right before the show and before we got in today. And a lot of these look fantastic. Now, I've been saying this since the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, we only started the, the podcast 10 weeks ago. So, obviously, there's no, there's no recap of that. But a lot, of, a lot of trailers look great. Gotta see this final product. But one thing that has me super excited that um, may not have a, a lot of people excited but was Ad Astra. And that was, so Ad Astra is movie starring Brad Pitt. And it's about him going into space looking for his father. In the most basic terms, at least that's based off of what I've seen on the trailer. Tyler, you might have a little bit more in the encyclopedia. Um, not really, no. I, th I think that is the plot of the movie. Mm -hmm. But it, to me, it kind of looks like Interstellar. Correct. Maybe a little bit more focused than Interstellar was. I thought Interstellar was kind of a mess. Right. Just me personally. I know that that movie has its fans, right. including my father. We argue about it. All the time? All the time. Oh, boy. Not argue, but we have... Disagreements? Uh, what was the word? Fruitful disagreements. <laughs> we have fruitful disagreements about the movie Interstellar. Oh, boy. I, did, I didn't think that Interstellar was that bad. I just, I just thought that it was, it was definitely a pet project. For sure. Well, we're not, we're not here to talk about Interstellar. We're here to talk, talk about, about the future. Ad Astra. Ad Astra. Uh, the movie has been delayed for quite some time uh, oh due to the Fox merger mm -hmm. and being a big budget sci-fi kind of extravaganza. While it may not be big on action, uh, lots of special effects, lots of visuals that have just kind of pushed the release of this movie back and back and back further. It's refreshing to me to hear that it's at 84% on Rotten Tomatoes and that the early word is not only is Brad Pitt great, just that it's a great story. Director James Gray, who's only really helmed one big budget movie, which came out, oh gosh, I don't remember when, but it was called We Own the Night. It had Joaquin Phoenix and that. Mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. uh, he's mostly stuck to indie movies. A couple years ago, he did the movie Lost City of Z. Which I didn't too much enjoy. Or Z, what was it, Lost City of Zed? I think it was Lost City of Zed. Got it. 
apologize for the title confusion. Yeah. Uh, I said both just to cover myself. I actually don't know because I have not seen the movie. I'm sure they You haven't seen that movie? No, I haven't. Wow. You heard it here, folks. There's a movie I have not seen. Oh, my. No, no. This is funny to me because I don't, I don't get to see a lot of the movies. And Tyler's the one who, like, I read a lot of it. Um, I see snippets here and there, but in terms of like going in, like having the devoted time to watch it, I've actually seen this movie twice. Wow. One for you. And you, you, you don't know what the title is? <laughs> it's The Lost City of Z. Oh, it's Lost City of Lost Z? City of Z. Okay. If I'm incorrect, somebody please hit me up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, um, well, I'll just throw this out there. I didn't see Wayne's World till like three years ago. So yeah. there, there are gaps in yeah. knowledge. It happens, people. It Calm does down. happen. Calm down. There's a large Back gap. Back to Ad Astra. Large gap here. Back to Ad Astra. Um, now, the, I mean, the reason why I like the, this title, or at least I've been seeing the trailer for like a month and a half, almost two months it's been out. Um, it feels as though Brad Pitt really sat well in this movie. Um, in terms of, of his movie stardom, kind of... I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch this movie if it were anyone else. Honestly, well, it's it's interesting too because Brad Pitt's having himself quite a year. He got rave reviews for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, now for Ad Astra, and I think it was last week he announced he's actually going to take fewer acting roles now and continue to step further back away from in front of the camera and do more producing. Got it. So in the wake of some of the best reviews of his career, he's he's, step he's stepping back. So this might be one of the last things we see. Brad Pitt the actor in. That's interesting. That's really interesting. The story sounds ambitious. The visuals, Brad Pitt, direction, all sound great. The movie I want to bring up just because unfortunately I just don't think it's going to make it until awards season despite right now sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes is Knives Out. What? I'm worried that it's not going to make it. Like, it's only going to get, like, a screenplay credit. Or maybe Daniel Craig gets in there for mm. supporting or lead, depending on what happens. Like, I'm I'm just really worried that this movie is not going to... Translate? Um, translate and just really make... Like, it, obviously, it's translating for critics, but I, I think we've mentioned this before. I'm worried no one's going to go see this movie, despite it being from the director of The Last Jedi, which they are putting out there, because I think outside of that, a lot of people don't know who Ryan Johnson is. True. He's mostly been an indie kind of... Not below the radar, but, a, you know, he's made some films that people might not have heard of. Right. Or not a lot of people had seen before Last Jedi. His biggest movie was Looper with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Which I love. Which is fantastic movie, but it didn't, like... Didn't play well? It played well enough. Got him the got him a Star Wars gig. I, I guess. <laughs> but uh, and he's doing the last Star Wars, so you know. No, J.J. Abrams is. Is he? Yeah. But anyway, uh, Knives Out. Mm. I've been excited about this movie for a while. It's Ryan Johnson is a very clever writer. If you've ever seen a movie of his called Brick, or if you've seen Looper, you know kind of how his mind works. This is his riff on Agatha Christie with a stunning, strong ensemble. There was word in the festival that he came out before the movie and gave the obligatory please don't ruin this movie in reviews. But then all the reviews that kind of have trashed that sentiment of like, oh, what can you really ruin about a movie 
have actually said, oh no, he's right, your enjoyment of this movie hinges on not knowing what's actually happening. Mm. So they've taken the spoiler review seriously. That even makes me even more excited. I, I want the world for this movie. I hope I'm not hyping it up too much. You, I think you might be. I, I, I think hope you not. Might be. I, I really hope not. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I want I want so much for that movie. <laughs> Sounds like you're invested. Put some money up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. What What else of the and just just so you all know, there's a ton of movies like. In compiling our list, I'm kind of nervous about how these all of these are actually going to shake out in terms of what gets nominated, what doesn't. Let me, let me ask you a question. You, you, you're concerned about its success. What is success for it? Because it has an estimated budget of about $40 million, So double that, triple that. I loved this movie that came out last year called Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah. It only opened to $7 million, finished up with $17 million, its budget was 32 million. Yeah. And it had a crazy cast, not quite as good as Knives Out, but still pretty impressive when you think about it. So it's just there's just a lot that I'm I'm worried it's going to turn out like that despite having a a really good writer director. Right. The reviews help though, but I yeah. I think I think depending on how they release it, depending on the release pattern, this oh, knives it's, out comes I, it's out wide. Really it comes out on Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving Thanksgiving weekend. I think that there's there's a lot of support around that versus you know, El Royale. There's so much more hinging on this. It just feels. I think that based on the trailer, it feels more playful than than anything else. And honestly, if you're looking for a playful movie like that, kind of like how that's kind of how I feel about Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. I feel like, you know, especially coming into our our time with satire is, is not as well uh, accepted uh, as it used to be before. Jojo Rabbit, after you showed me the trailer, looks like a hilarious film. I can't wait to watch that one. Um, and that comes out on October 18th. And uh, it's about... Actually, you, you tell the people, the good people, what Jojo Rabbit's about. So it's about this kid who's a Hitler youth who is yeah who who discovers that his mother is hiding a little Jewish girl in their house. Oh boy. And so he it's about their relationship and him kind of questioning everything he's been brought up to believe mm. being a Hitler youth to hate Jewish people and he has an imaginary friend that's Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi. If that's not the greatest thing that you've ever heard, I don't know. You, you don't know comedy. But this, this does look like a satirical masterpiece in my mind. And kind of also teaching, you know, it, it, it feels like a great story. It feels like a great story. A worthwhile... A, a story that we kind of need right now, yeah. I would say. And I, I've read some of the reviews and some of the reactions to it. And the, the people that don't like it uh, react to kind of all the Nazi characters being treated as buffoons and kind of as... Yeah, buffoons and morons, essentially. Right. And that... that 
that is not a f- fair and accurate portrayal of them, but I, I, I feel like those people missed the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's satire, and why, why are we caring how Taika Waititi is choosing to portray the Nazis? That's not the point. Right. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a weird way to look at the movie. Oh, like, oh, I thought the Nazi portrayal was off. Really, it's satire. <laughs> no way. <laughs> like looking at a Picasso and be like, that's not accurate. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it just blows my mind that that's what people have chosen to latch on to if they don't like the movie. Yeah. I, especially with society today and how the, not to get too political, but the Nazi mentality is still alive in mm. the world today. And how the rest of the world is so unsympathetic to that. Right. And then there's a movie where they're being portrayed as morons. And we're like, oh, well, that's that's just wrong. We know that they weren't morons. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. We know that they weren't morons. They, they all were not goofy idiots. Right. That's not the point. Right. And I, I think Taika Waititi kind of tried to get ahead of that when people were asking him if he did any research to play Hitler, and he was like, no, F that guy. Right. Like, that guy doesn't deserve any research. I'm just going to do, do I'm gonna do my thing right. in service of the story that I'm trying to tell. So I think that, yeah, I, I just think it's very misguided if I'm not beating that horse yeah. enough. I think I've said that eight times now. <laughs> it's a super, like, it feels like a super feel-good movie. Uh, there's definitely a lesson stuck in there, and, and Tycho does a great job at, at helping this through. Now, if you have not seen the trailer, there's a second one that just popped. You need to go check that out. It's very funny. It's, it's hilarious. Speaking about feel-good movies, we see our boy, Mr. Tom Hanks, hit the screen with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That is the portrayal of Mr. Rogers. Which, by the way, if you have not seen Won't You Be My Neighbor, it's a fantastic documentary, came out last year, should have been nominated for an Oscar, probably should have won Best Documentary. The story behind why it didn't even get nominated is, I guess now it's funny, at the time I was really angry about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, everyone who was voting in the category thought everybody else was going to vote for it, so they didn't vote for it. (laughs) So nobody voted voted for it to get nominated. That's such a Hollywood thing to do. And so, like, everyone in their minds thought it was such a shoo-in that nobody voted for it because they thought everybody else was going to, so they just put stuff on there to... They voted for other things to get nominated. Anyway, from what I understand, this is a uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood. Isn't necessarily about a factual thing, Probably a factual not. point in Mister Rogers' life, but it's using him more to tell this story of acceptance, of kindness, yeah, and, and which thing over over cynicism, and like you said, you you have to. There was a lot of, when I saw Won't You Be My Neighbor, now I didn't grow up watching Mr. Rogers. This, this wasn't part of my childhood, but I got, to, I got to get a deep dive into this guy who used optimism and his love of people to talk about serious issues, to 
to to talk about not only talk about serious issues for the world but also to do a self-analysis of his life and how he grew up and how he was treated and seen as different in a in a time where you know things like being gay was a taboo which he wasn't but people pointed the finger at him using that derogatory to be like he's just weird so something has to be off with him you know but is he the weird one that's what that's the that when i came out of that film i kept on thinking that and we'll we'll see how we'll see how this goes down i think that that tom hanks definitely has the skill to to do this movie justice has a budget of 40 million comes out closer to christmas on november 22nd so just about a month out the other thing that i'm looking forward to is um people getting a better look at the director, uh, Morel Heller. Mm-hmm. She directed uh, last year's Fantastic, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm. Uh, she also did a very fantastic indie called The Secret Life of an uh, American Teenager. Or, uh, no, that's the... Uh, what was that called? Anyway. Um, <laughs> we'll get back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's also fantastic. Um, She's a fantastic filmmaker. Probably should have been nominated for some stuff for Can You Ever Forgive Me. It was one of the better films of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just another chance to prove her talent. And from what I understand, she does. She's proven it. Speaking of... Uh, now we're kind of going to go... F- well, I'm, I'm going to jump to an obscure title next. Just as another uh, kind of prove your talent type situa- uh, situation. Honey Boy. Oof. This movie is fascinating yeah. to me. If you don't know the story about this movie, you have to look it up. Comes out November 8th. I just saw this trailer with Tyler. So even though this the the names are changed, this is an autobiography. Shia LaBeouf wrote the screenplay. And it's a semi-autobiographical take on him growing up and his relationship with his father. And Shia LaBeouf is playing his father. How that's, about them? That, that, that's heavy stuff. Like, I, I, I feel like every psychologist, like... So Shia LaBeouf has done, like, a lot of weird things where he did the film festival where he watched all of his movies and... There are recordings of him like crying at his own performances. He's he's been a pretty notorious bad boy. He had a he's had alcohol problems. He's had anger issues. Uh, out here in L.A., they do this really cool thing. It's called a live read. I haven't seen one in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where they get a bunch of actors uh, up on stage and they live read famous screenplays. And the one that I saw, uh, he was did Doctor Strange Love. He lit up a cigarette in the middle of this theater full of people and did a whole in-character thing with his character smoking a cigarette while everybody, all the other actors kind of looked at him and was like, what are you doing? Like, you can't, like... Shia LaBeouf has had an interesting life. If you... uh, I'm not going to take up uh, time here. It's very well documented on the internet. He's had a very rough and weird childhood and this is him putting it out there for the world and he is playing his father 
not only have I heard that this is his like comeback, the movie's very cathartic and it's very unique, very revealing, and I I'm just morbidly fascinated by this movie, regardless of how I feel about him personally as a person, which isn't horrible. Horrible. I I I don't dislike him like I dislike Andrew Garfield. <laughs> that was that was gonna bring it back. It's it's. <laughs> It's it's not to that level, right? I just think he's a little weird. But I, if you know about his past, then then it kind of it kind of justifies a few of the strange. It at things least makes this. sense. I don't know if it necessarily justifies it, but it's I just mean, like oh, okay, like I get yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that that would kind of mess me up too. Yeah, like I said before, we're dealing with human beings, we're dealing with with people, and sometimes like that's the dark side of the industry. Sometimes that we. Actors are are made to transform, morph, and become other people. The issue with that is psychologically leaves an imprint on who you are, because you're bringing out as an actor, you're bringing out yourself in every performance that you do. So, like we talked about for the for Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker uh, rendition that that they're doing right now, that's a lot of the darkness that came out in that film comes from him. And amplified into this new character. So you're looking at. Luckily for for Shia, he's just reliving his past in in Honey Boy, and I'm super interested in this particular title. Just because that that is deep, that is deep, and I, I don't know what levels he had to get to, to try to understand and become who and what his father was about. And develop that essence. Now he came from the man, so you got that direct link. But as children, we always look up towards our parents and never look down. So a real psychological twist comes out on November eighth. Do I have a budget for this? I do not, but it's it's definitely interesting. I uh, think that yeah. the next. And, and after this, we could brush through a, a lot on this list. But the, I think the, the big one, the juggernaut this year, maybe, and I don't know, Jamie Foxx and his boy Michael B. Jordan coming out in Just Mercy that releases on Christmas Day. Strong performances from the two leads. That's being said. Uh, from the other thing that I've read is that it's a very urgent film and it's it's a movie that all the people who voted for Green Book probably need to see mm. in terms to be like no this is how you tell that this is this is a more appropriate story for America today rather than a white guy and an African American gentleman sitting in a car and solving racism. Got it. <laughs> like the this this is. A movie that digs to racism at its core. Mm. It's based on a true story about a uh, gentleman played by Jamie Foxx who uh, was falsely accused of, uh, I can't remember if it was murder or if it was sexual assault. I can't remember which one it is. But all the evidence pointed to that he didn't do it. But the courts didn't care and just sentenced him because he was black. Mm-hmm. And it's the like, story about fighting that injustice. 
for me, I I think the trailer looks really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've liked Michael B. Jordan pretty much ever since he came into Hollywood. And has been consistent. Uh, Jamie Foxx needs a hit, but he's a great actor when the material when he can has some material that he can really sink his teeth into. Mm-hmm. I, I think the unfortunate thing is is that there are going to be people who already have their minds made up going to see this movie and it's not going to change their opinions but it's a movie that they need to see and I think that this movie could either be too preachy or just perfect like I feel like there's there's no middle ground like I feel like it, there's the, the these type of movies are really hard to pull off yeah well, I, I think well I saw I saw little bits and pieces of this film um, and the the shots are amazing the performances are amazing at the time I didn't know what I was looking at because uh, it wasn't intentional when I say it wasn't intentional like you know my job you, have, you, you stumbled upon yeah my job requires me to to, to do a lot of, of those types of checks and and um, seeing some of the shots, it looked like a beautiful film. It feels like a beautiful film, but again, for me, and this sounds weird because you know, I'm that guy. I don't know if I'm if I'm excited about it. It has it's it it's hard to get excited about these kind of movies. Yeah, because you know what you're in for. Yeah, it's. I think that that's that's yeah. the thing with me. I, I I'm I wouldn't say that. I actually I want to see it more for Jamie Foxx's comeback into the cinematic realm. I think that he has he still has a lot of talent with him, um, and this this is one of those this is one of those films that like you said it's either going to be a big hit or it's going to be a big miss. Um, just really quickly before we finish up the movies that have already kind of screened, there are a couple that haven't that could also. Okay. Play play their way into it, but uh, Ford versus Ferrari, Matt Damon and Christian Bale. It's supposed to be excellent. From what I understand, it's a two and a half hour movie that doesn't feel like a two and a half hour movie. It really, it knows what story it's telling. It hits all those beats, and it's very entertaining, very thrilling. Uh, the director is James Mangold, who many thought should have been nominated for Logan. Um, and in the director's chair. So the, there's a lot to be excited about, especially with Mangold. I think that his filmography has been pretty stellar. Um, interesting thing with me about Logan, I didn't quite care for it when I saw it in the theater, and then I rewatched it not too long ago, and it was quite excellent. I don't know what kind of mood I was in. Yeah, that's that's weird because um, that is the like one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. It's it's really good. He's a strong director. That's one. T- I mean, really anything at this point that he attaches himself to, it's something to be excited about. We have the Lighthouse. I was gonna bring that up next, uh, by uh, Robert Eggers, uh, who also directed The Witch, I believe. Yes. Uh, which, which hat was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of one of the most airy and creepy out of the box movies that I've ever seen. Uh, this 
This the the lighthouse stars uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It looks like a two man show. Like they are the. It's mostly gonna revolve around their characters mm-hmm. at this lighthouse. From from what I understand, Robert Pattinson's gonna get nominated for an Oscar, which all the people who bashed him in Twilight. If you have not been paying attention to this guy's career over the past couple of years, he's been putting had, in work. He not only has been putting in work. He's proving what kind of quality actor he actually is and how much he's grown. Also, his agent must be fantastic, just getting him put on uh, so many strong projects. Really looking forward to this one. This one just looks nuts. I've I've watched the trailer so many times, and it's just like, not only is the cinematography gorgeous, the movie just looks weird. Yeah, it does. It does. It it looks like one of those movies that you will watch in film class. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I I think your your term for it was instant classic. In yeah. The it, it, in, it, in in the making. It feel it feels like an instant classic. Whether it is or not, that's that's much to be found. But, like just watching just watching the trailer for as many times as we did. I I didn't watch it as many times as Tyler did, but, it just it feels like one of those films that for years to come will be part of your your film class to go over some sort of cinematic device that they're using to help educate the future filmmakers of tomorrow. Uh, one that I want to point out is the report coming from Scott Burns. Longtime screenwriter for Steven Soderbergh. There you go. Um, and that's starring Adam Driver. Another person whose agent just is knows just what amazing. Doing. Knows what they're doing. Picking the right projects. Adam Driver in, in this one um, is he's, he's doing an investigation into the CIA's post-9-11 uh, um, detention and interrogation program. And the CIA come back at him. And it's, it feels like this really thrilling drama uh, behind the the corruption and and um, secrets that the government are, are are trying to to uphold yeah and it's that your your interpretation just off the trailer is kind of how everybody's feeling about it great adam driver performance well written strong subject matter that this could be an another big hit this is one of the more interesting ones mm-hmm. it is coming from amazon so it's only got a two-week theatrical release before it'll be Available on Amazon Prime. So that's a must see, and and it comes out on uh, November fifteenth, um, and should be should be a thrilling one. Before we move on, a couple others to to kind of talk about Motherless Brooklyn being one, mm-hmm. uh, Edward Norton's uh, second venture behind the camera. Uh, looks like a film noir mystery. It's a long gestating passion project for him. He adapted this novel, which was set in present day, but he moved it back to the 50s to kind of give it that feel. He plays a detective with Tourette's. Interesting. Yeah, and interesting. Another one for me is Uncut Gems from the Safdie brothers. They made good time with Mr. Robert Pattinson. Speaking of Robert Pattinson, continuing to get rave reviews. Mm-hmm. This one starring Adam Sandler. Apparently he is just fantastic in this movie. This is the best thing that he's ever done. Long shot for a potential best actor nomination, which is if you've watched his Netflix film output would surprise the heck out of you. Correct. <laughs> but uh, these guys kind of know how to 
to do this with these actors that people have kind of written off. I mean, even then with, with Robert Pattinson, he'd kind of been on the upswing anyway with Good Time, but that movie earned him his best reviews of his career. Mm-hmm. Looks like this is going to be the same with Sandler. Heard that the movie's just nuts. And uh, finally, we have Mr. Terrence Malick returning to narrative storytelling rather than his kind of weird philosophical whatever he was doing. <laughs> Um, his soul searching if you want to call it that sure <laughs> Terrence Malick is, is the director of the, the Tree of Life I believe that that was no that wasn't his last film he had the, no, the he's, Night, he's Night done of Cups Night of Cups and mm. uh, there was another one he did one with Ben Affleck I forget what it was called mm. it kind of went VOD though yeah anyway but, but if you've ever seen the Tree of Life I'm not gonna if you haven't seen the Tree of Life I'm not gonna spoil it for you Go watch that movie. <laughs> I, I also dislike that movie. Go go watch The Tree of Life and you might know what you're in for with uh, some of, of Mr. Malik's uh, product. But that being said, I don't know how I feel. I'm, I'm, uh, this already released in uh, France May 19th of this year. So it's making its, its U.S. debut on December 13th. So we do have a, a couple movies that have not screened at festivals mm. or um, no word yet. We have Little Women, Greta Gerwig's follow-up to Lady Bird. Very, very strong cast. Probably going to be pretty great. Yep. We have Queen and Slim. Cop killers, cop killers. Uh, which also kind of looks timely. It has Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I believe it's the, the feature screenwriting debut of Lena Waithe who uh, writes for Master of None. Mm-hmm. And then we have Bombshell Ooh. with Charlie Theron, Margot Robbie, Nicole Kidman. That's a trifecta right there. Which is uh, the true story of these three women at Fox News who uh, decided to take on Roger Ailey's in the toxic uh, environment that he kind of had constructed there at the network. It's uh, written... By the guy, one of the guys who wrote Big Short, not Adam McKay, Charles Randolph. Could be Big Short, could be Vice. We'll see. <laughs> I also wanted to devote a little bit of time to Netflix. I know we've been talking uh, a little bit about this, and just a little bit, I should have put that in air quotes. Yeah. Uh, about just its impact on the, the industry. It looks like that they have six movies that could be up for potential Oscar consideration. The only one that has not screened is Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Mm. All we know is that it's three and a half hours long. That is all we know. I mean... But really anything Scorsese is something to keep an eye on. True. What are some of these other ones, Greg? We, we have uh, Marriage Story, which is also with Adam Driver, I believe. Yeah, and, and Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Uh, that looks, honestly... That looks like such a real li- a real life drama, that I kind of it's it's not a real life drama. No, no, oh. I, I I I think you, it you is. You don't want to see it? it. It's just again, it's it kind of too... along the same lines of Just Mercy. Like you really kind of have to be ready to sit through some unpleasantness. Yeah, it it does it does look like it. But this this one feels more of like it feels a little bit closer. Well, not closer to the chest. It it feels. It feels like like everyone could relate to this because this is a human story about love and falling out of love and kids and you know 
everyday stuff that that everyone in their life eventually goes through that's how it feels to me that's how that's how i felt over the the now that could be boring that could be seen as boring but i i do have a strong feeling that this might do better than than my friend tyler is thinking uh just because of people's shift to to reality tv now it's not quite that it doesn't feel like that it, it feels definitely like a film but it's it's kind of like a fly on the wall view into this couple's relationship in their marriage it's a marriage yeah. story and, yeah, you know it's there in the time right um we also have the lawn we have uh the laundry the laundromat yeah that's coming out later this month as a matter of fact, it comes out in two weeks. Yeah. On nine twenty seven, this has a fifty two percent around tomatoes. Yeah, it's it's the only negative reviewed movie out of festivals. Wow. Uh, it is Steven Soderbergh, um, who I actually, I, I will watch anything Soderbergh does. I think he embraces everything new in the industry. Mm. His, his last couple movies, including. A fantastic movie that came out on Netflix earlier this year called High Flying Bird. Mm. Um, his last couple movies have been shot entirely on an iPhone. Mm. He's returning back to traditional filmmaking in this. Uh, War on the Street is great cast, which include Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas. Kind of unfocused and kind of a mess, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate and almost not unlike so uh, kind of unlike Soderbergh in his past. Uh, oeuvre that he's put out that it's that it's kind of messy uh we also have the king starring timothy chalamet and robert pattinson among among others um, i was just about to ask you if robert pattinson was in this movie as yes well. it does it it feels it feels so gritty and so good and just coming off i'm sure a lot of people coming off of the the game of thrones hype yeah. It it doesn't have a Game of Thrones feel in terms of of you know the the narrative like it's not like the dragons yeah, and like the mythical stuff yeah. no yeah but but definitely for for some of the language and some of the politics involved better feel to to this movie it it looks it looks superb it has a seventy four percent Rotten Tomatoes and comes out on November first what else we got going on Ty. We have, the two popes. Um, we have the two popes uh, with Anthony Hopkins playing Pope Benedict and Jonathan Price playing Pope Francis. 100% mm -hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, looks to be a potential strong contender. Uh, the trailer looks really good. Strong, strong actors. Uh, yeah, I, th I think it just kind of hinges more and if it finds an audience, the critics are there, but I, that'll be interesting. And finally, Dilomite is my name, starring Eddie Murphy. This is a comeback movie for him for sure, um, and it comes out on October fourth with Joker. Interesting. With, interesting enough. Now I've seen I've seen this trailer multiple times. One of my employees showed it to me for the first time about a month a month and a half ago, um, and Eddie Murphy looks fantastic. It also has Wesley Snipes coming back to the big screen. Wesley! Um, Hopefully he's gotten his act together. I, I, <laughs> well, he's acting now. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, this looks like one of the funniest movies I'll probably watch within the past 10 years. Uh, 
Eddie Murphy is a fantastic, uh, he's a genius, a, a true legend of the comedy game and brings back a lot of his, uh, a lot of his mannerisms to the screen. This, this is a Netflix movie. Yes. Um, does this have a theatrical release or no? I, I think all of the majority of these have like a, a short theatrical release before they're on Netflix. Yeah, I, th- I think all of these do. This movie just feels like... Go watch the trailer. I, I don't even know how else to explain it. Eddie Murphy's back, yeah, guys. If you've, if you've seen any one of his stand-ups, you liked any one of his movies from before, it's a more mature... And honestly, in the trailer, the last trailer that I saw, there was a little bit of, you know, this underdog story of this up-and-coming actor... And deciding to make his own movie because no one else would put him on. So he decides to put himself on. And in doing that, ends up uplifting those who are around him. In the trailer, there's a, there's a moment where one of the characters in the movie was, was like, I ain't seen nobody like me on screen. And you just made that happen for me. Or something like that. I'm obviously paraphrasing. But it was such a beautiful moment in such a ridiculous type setting. So... I'm going to watch it. I'm glad it's got a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes better not mess this up. This is going to be so great for, for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited as well. I, I, I don't think... As much as I dislike the, dislike the movie Dreamgirls, I thought Eddie Murphy was the best part of it. Mm-hmm. It'll be good to see him back in that type of role and kind of embracing the the Eddie Murphiness that made him so popular back in the 80s. So just that just wraps up everything that we have seen from the festivals. There are a couple things that I'm interested to see once all of this shakes out. One of them is where does Once Upon a Time in Hollywood fall in this all this conversation? Oof. Where does Avengers Endgame if it does fall in at all? Where where does it hit in all of this it is the highest grossing movie of all time there is going to be a strong push for robert downey jr for actor just for sheer closing this marvel chapter that has been set up over the past 10 11 years out you know are they are they going to give it a best picture nomination just achievement right i i know that a lot i mean it kind of reminds me not that i think that it'll have as big of an impact as this movie that i'm about ready to mention is but Return of the King, mm-hmm. Return of the King won all those Oscars as a career achievement of what the first three Lord of the Rings movies did. Right. So I'm interested to see if, do, do they at least nominate it for its sheer, just closing out one of the biggest chapters in, in filmmaking history. Uh, we do have a movie still looking for distribution. It's called Bad Education. Mm. Uh, it's director Corey Finley's follow-up to Thoroughbreds. Starring uh, Hugh Jackman. Starring Hugh Jackman. The stuff that I read about it is, is that it's really good, and if someone picks it up, it could be a contender, but right now it has no distribution. And I know that we've already talked about Adam Sandler mm-hmm. as a kind of uh, potential Dark Horse Oscar nomination. There's another one that's shaping up, and before we get into... Uh, the weekend. Who is shaping up as a potential Oscar nominee? You got Jennifer Lopez, guys. She's yeah. earning the best reviews of her career. Mm-hmm. And Hustlers. Now, go watch this trailer. Uh, the first time I saw the trailer, gave me goosebumps. I'm actually gonna go watch it this weekend. I, I don't usually get out 
often and watch a lot of movies at all at all as soon as this movie drops i think i'm working in the day on thursday so i'll probably go pick up the sneaks in in the night this movie looks phenomenal j-lo looks phenomenal in this movie she has a great supporting cast with big social media names and superstars in their own in their own rights with lizzo and cardi b cardi b looks fantastic in this movie too even though she was only there for like a snippet but you got you got kiki palmer as well this this just looks like a a beautiful mashup of a wonderful story surrounding the strip club yeah regardless uh, you know it's like a strip club oceans yeah but but so much better it it there's 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 the the surface value the underlying value in this movie and there's so many levels of storytelling that that really impacts this film i can't wait to go watch it 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 looks like a lot of fun uh i will admit i'd initially written this movie off i wasn't particularly interested in it um but as it's getting closer to release and hearing a lot of the buzz about it i'm i'm getting excited uh i i like that there that it has more to offer than what I initially thought, which is what's uh, drawing me to it as well. So I, I'm I'm excited to see it. Yeah. So we've talked about all these movies. Greg and I just have a couple movies that we think will actually make itself make them uh, make it into the Oscar conversation and the awards. Like these are the movies that people are going to be talking about the most around Oscar time. Mm-hmm. We'll just run through them. I think that the number one on the list is The Irishman. There's so much still to be discussed about that movie, but number one on the list, like, on, uh, has it been screened yet? No. no. It hasn't even been screened yet. It's a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Don't know what to make of it, but it's Scorsese, and we're kind of figuring it's coming out at the end of the year. It has to be part of the conversation at least. Yeah. Uh, then we have The Report. Like we said, Adam Driver on this one. Timely. Timely movie. And I, I know we disagree about this next one, but I, I do think that this will ultimately make its way into the conversation. Ford versus Ferrari. Mm-hmm. The Ford versus Ferrari, it looks, it looks like a very fast-paced, uh, high-impact movie. Uh, and anything that you've got um, Christian Bale attached to and you've got uh, Matt, Damon. Matt Damon attached to, you got both of these big boys hitting the screen. Uh, I, I like the premise it 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 feels very America, yeah yeah. Um, was I think it could I think it could have an impact. Yeah, I'm a little less of the of the push for awards for for this movie, but it's yet to be seen. Uh, but it does look like a lot of fun. We have Joker, for better or for worse. We we don't we don't know where that's gonna land on, but on the spectrum. But either way, people are gonna be talking about it. Correct. And people have already people started talking about it before they even had um, any viewing of of the of the movie. Yeah. But from, from the moment that the trailer dropped, from the moment that there was a conversation around this gritty version of Joker, played by Joaquin Phoenix, this has been Oscar buzz. So why why would that change now? Yeah. Um, we have a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We we've given you all the reasons why. Yeah. We have Little Women. Which I haven't. I've, I've seen the trailer once, but it does. It does have an academy feel to it. This is a, a movie based on the book, and we'll see how that one goes. And then we have Just Mercy coming out on Christmas Day. 
I think this one for me is most is the one most lined up for for an actual nomination. However, that all depends on how it plays out. All depends. It all depends on how it plays out. I mean, everything is a toss up. Everything is a toss up. Right, right now the for the year we've had a lot of a lot of movies coming in that feel really good and then on the release date kind yeah. of fizzle out kind of like the Steelers on Sunday oh no he didn't <laughs> I hate you <laughs> just take us to our next segment man. I can't even look at you we're going into the future real guys into the future where Tyler and Greg try to determine what are these movies going to do for their opening box office? The first title that we have is The Goldfinch. Which, prior to reviews dropping, was in a lot of the conversation for, for awards. <laughs> if you had noticed the, the absence of Goldfinch, this is why... This is also the Warner Brothers movie <laughs> that we were, that, talking, that, that about we were talking about. So the Goldfinch box office pro has it again using the spectrum of <laughs> six to eleven million dollars on this movie. Um, it releases to how many theaters? I thought it was like 20, three. It was three thousand. Yeah, I think it's around three. I, I I can't remember off the top of my head. That's why you need notes, guys. You have to be prepared when you're delivering these <laughs> these bits of information. Now Tyler has it at a whopping four point five million, which is lower than the expectation. Tyler thinks this. Tyler said that he thinks this is going to be a flop. Yeah. I uh, Currently, it is sitting at 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. The movie is two and a half hours long. Apparently, because of how bad it is, it really feels like it. <laughs> and this is disappointing to me because it does come from the director of a movie that I like that came out a few years ago called Brooklyn with mm. Saoirse Ronan. I'd like to say that it's not this guy's fault, but... I have not seen the movie, so I actually do not know. I'm withholding judgment on that. That being said, I think this thing bombs worse than they Not even saying. the expectation? Yeah. Greg, I, how do you feel? I, I feel the same way. This movie, this movie has no bounce for me. It has no vibe. I'm not... I saw the trailer and I was neither here or there about it. I, I think that the majority of, of this weekend is going to come out of our next title... Which was the true dark horse. Which does have a lot of bounce and vibe. A lot of bounce, a lot of vibe, a lot of lady power, a lot of female strength going into this movie. And it's Hustlers, guys. Hustlers Box Office Pro has it at 22 to 33 million. Again, Spectrum. Uh, just, pick a number. Box Greg, Office how do you Pro. think this is going to do? I think that this movie is going to do phenomenal. I think it's going to do 25. Uh, honestly, could do more. But it could do more. It could do way more than this. It, it, I think that a comparable film, a comparable film in terms of expectations versus what it actually did, would be Crazy Rich Asians. I think Crazy Rich Asians did way more than the expectation. A lot of people didn't think going into into the weekend for Crazy Rich Asians that it was going to do a great, a great, uh, that it was going to pull off what it did. I think Hustlers got the potential to do that, if not more. So remember how petty I was a, a couple weeks ago with Ready or Not? Super petty. So Greg stole 
the prediction mm-hmm. of what I thought that this was going to do. <laughs> and because I'm not one of those people that would be like, oh, well, we can share it. We can both say $25 million. Nah, I'm oh. not. I'm not that type of person. Right. I, I I bid a dollar again, and I did 24.9. I'm really upset at you. I'm kind of wishing that I'd gone 25.1 right now, but I'm going to... I'm, I'm a man of my word. You can't be upset with me when you tell me to go first, and then I, I make my prediction, and then and then are you upset? That's what I was supposed to do. We're, we're, we're supposed to be connected up here, Greg. You should know right. that was my number, and stay away from it. But you and I, just because of that connection, I knew that was your number, and I did pick it. That's why I picked it. Stay away, bro. <laughs> Guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of For Real. This is episode nine, and we will see you guys soon. Yeah, see you guys soon. And to just to echo what Greg said, I'm thrilled that this has gone nine episodes. Yeah. That this is something that is very easy to say, like, yeah, let's do it. It runs for like two episodes, and then and it then falls off. Mm-hmm. And this Gre- is. Hard work, guys. It's hard work to keep on bringing this to you week to week over week, coming up with these stats, figures, and numbers and opinions. You know how hard it is to come up with an opinion and not stick that, by not, that? Well, I would say stick by it. There is you the, go. It's not hard to have an opinion. It's, it's, it's pretty tough to have an opinion these days. Okay. Yeah, to it's, not. It's really, yeah, no, it's really hard to have yeah, an opinion. No, unless unless you're, you're you know, a keyboard warrior on, on Twitter. It's kind of hard to, to put your face out there and your name out there and be like, this is what I think this is going to do. And then it either hits or it, it doesn't. Or it whiffs. Or it whiffs. And, and you, have, you, you have to stay by that opinion. So I, I made my decision and that's what I'm doing on, on, until you get more information. But guys, thank you so much for listening week over week. We're going to have some new stuff coming up with the, with the next couple episodes. So stay tuned to that. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Tyler, ring us out. You've been listening to For Real.